0: Welcome to Prep Talk, the Emergency Management Podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the Emergency Management Department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Fanisi.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I am Omar Bourne.
2: And I'm Allison Panisi.
1: And you are our listeners, and as always, we thank you for joining us.:
2: Yep, we want you to come back as often as you can, so feel free to add prep talk to your favorite RSS feed. You can also follow us on social media.:
1: Another great episode for you guys. today we are going to be talking about risks and not the type that you typically imagine.
2: That's right. We're talking about natural and man-made hazards. So this ranges from severe weather to pandemic flu. Now both can affect the population and where we live, but luckily there are experts that are taking action to build stronger, safer, and smarter through what emergency managers like to call hazard mitigation. But before we dive in, it's time to give our listeners the latest hot topics in the emergency management field.
0: Here's your Prep Talk Situation Report.
2: All right, it's time for the Situation Report. Let's get started. The City of New York recently made its 2019 Hazard Mitigation Plan website available for public review. Now, for our listeners, the Hazard Mitigation Plan outlines goals, objectives, and specific actions New York City can take to reduce risks caused by natural and man-made hazards. So this ranges from coastal storms, winter weather, pandemic flu, and much more. So this public review period is your opportunity to send suggestions for improving the content and functionality of the site or reporting any problems you experience finding information. Visit nychazardmitigation.com for more information.
1: Thank you, Allison. This story is from the New York Times. Now, the city of Los Angeles filed a lawsuit against the makers of the Weather Channel app, accusing the company of mining user data what the city calls unrelated commercial purposes now according to the lawsuit the weather company which is owned by ibm allegedly took users geolocation data and used it for things like targeted marketing and analysis for hedge funds the weather company asked its app users to turn on geolocation services on their devices so they could receive localized weather forecasts and alerts city attorney mike fewer said that la was quote taking action against one of America's largest corporations for what we allege is egregious behavior. An IBM spokesperson countered by saying, and I quote, the weather company has always been transparent with use of location data. The disclosures are fully appropriate and we will defend them vigorously.
2: I'm very curious to see what happens with this. Um, Very interesting story from the Washington Post. AccuWeather, which is a private weather company, recently announced that they would launch their own hurricane scale this year. The scale would be called the Real Impact Scale for Hurricanes, or RI. So what's the big deal? Meteorologists currently use Saffir-Simpson, which takes into account wind speed, to convey a storm's threat. Now, according to AccuWeather's founder and chief executive Joel Myers, the new RI scale will take into account wind speed, flooding rain, storm surge, and economic damage, calling it larger and more comprehensive than the Saffir-Simpson. So now get this. According to AccuWeather's new scale, Hurricane Florence would have been an RI-4 at landfall versus a Category 1 on the Saffir-Simpson scale. Hurricane Harvey would be an RI-5 versus a Category 4, and Sandy would have been an RI-5. A small group of scientists and communicators who are looking at ways to improve the Saffir-Simpson wind scale say introducing a new scale is, quote, premature because there's more information needed on how emergency managers use the current information. Now, while some in the meteorological community say two scales would cause confusion, anxiety, and panic, Meyer says he's proud of his new scale, which is, quote, going to save tens of thousands of lives. Wow,
1: uh, lots of information in there. And we will definitely keep a look on that as we get closer to hurricane season. Uh, There's a lot more to come. Um, Up next, we break down how New York City is taking steps to reduce its long-term risks from hazards. But first, here's a message from New York City Emergency Management's Reduce Your Risk program.
0: New York City's dense population and geographic location make it especially vulnerable to emergencies caused by natural and man-made hazards. While it's important for you to protect yourself and your families from emergencies, it's also important to protect your property. Take steps to prepare. Reduce your risk. Go to nyc.gov slash reduce your risk. There, you'll find tips and information about the cost-effective and sustained actions you can take to reduce your property's long-term risk from hazards. If you don't know, now you know.
3: You're listening to Prep Talk, the Emergency Management Podcast.
1: That's right, you are listening to Prep Talk, and we are back. Now, as we mentioned earlier, we are talking about hazard mitigation. Our guests are responsible for overseeing the city's long term plan to minimize the effects of a hazard event on New York City's population, economy, property, and infrastructure. Please welcome to Prep Talk. Heather Reuter, Executive Director of Hazard Mitigation and Recovery at New York City Emergency Management. And Melissa Umberger, Deputy Director of Hazard Mitigation and Recovery. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having us here. Thank you. Okay, so this question is for both of you. Um, Heather, you can go first. Mm -hmm. Can you share with our listeners more about your role and how hazard mitigation ties into the disaster cycle? Sure. So
4: um, hazard mitigation is part of that four-step disaster cycle. So us as emergency managers like to think of the disaster going from in the four steps. So prepare, respond, recover, and mitigation. So mitigation is that long-term action you take, and you're doing it before the next disaster happens. And the goal of it is it reduces that impact of what happens. So doing something today makes things less severe after something bad happens.
3: Right. And I would also add that I, it's often neglected a uh, cycle, part mm-hmm. of the cycle. Um, but I think in light of recent disasters like Hurricane Maria, Hurricane Florence, even Hurricane Sandy, it's become much more important uh, to invest before a disaster happens in these long term mitigation strategies. In fact, FEMA estimates that for every dollar invested in mitigation, six dollars is saved in the long term.
1: Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. very interesting now our listeners hear the word mitigation Mm -hmm. what does that mean for them
4: yeah it's a hard term um it has many different meanings in different industries Mm so um yeah in in emergency world emergency management world um mitigation is that it's that risk reduction risk management um resiliency is a, a pretty common term that's used right now so we can think of it in that prospect in that aspect
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, Heather, the city's hazard mitigation plan debuted back in 2009, Mm -hmm. and it outlines goals, objectives and specific actions New York City can take to reduce its risk. How has that plan evolved since then?
4: Right. So, um, so I've been working on mitigation since we wrote that first plan for New York city in Oh nine, um, mitigation plans are actually required by the federal government for every state and jurisdiction out there. Mm -hmm. Um, so everyone has to have these, there's thousands of them that exist. And, um, the the carrot is basically if you have a plan, it also makes you eligible for certain grants. So it makes you eligible for federal money to help actually do risk reduction projects. Um, so we had our first plan in Oh nine. We're very proud of it. Um, it was 500 pages wow <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure everyone read it front to back <laughs> um so, but it was the first comprehensive document that we were able as the city of New York to put out there mm-hmm. and say these are the hazards you should think about that really pose a risk to us as New Yorkers and people who come here, visit here, um, have investments here. These are the hazards to think about, and then doing that understanding of the risk, we assess what what those risks are, what the vulnerabilities are, um, what's unique to our population, the built environment, um, how things are changing in the future as well that could exacerbate what happens from those hazard events and then what are the pro- actions we could take to reduce the risk. So we wrote that plan in 09. We were very excited. Um, we have to update it every five years. We came out with the next iteration in '14. The big difference then was um, we included man-made hazards um, in that. So we, we decided to expand out and say it's not just natural hazards that are posing a threat. We need to think beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, um, you know, we realized that there was, a lot of information that goes into that process, but it still wasn't the most digestible format. So we were very excited um, thinking about our 2019 plan, saying, hey, it's 2019, maybe we
2: should think about going web-based and get rid of the big, big document.
1: 500 pages. 500 pages, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm glad, Heather, you brought this up. So you now have the 2019 New York City Hazard Mitigation Plan website. Mm-hmm. Um, it marks the first time the city has... Um, had a web-based FEMA-mandated plan, Mm -hmm. um, and it's been available for public review and feedback. Um, Could you both share with our listeners why is soliciting feedback from the public on something like this so important? Sure. And, you know, I just wanted
3: to add on a little bit on to what Heather was saying before about how the 2014 plan wasn't a very digestible document. And so for 2019, we really wanted to move away to something that was more dynamic and more engaging for the public. Right. And in terms of soliciting feedback, the reason this is so important is even though emergency management is creating this website and this plan, we really view this plan as the city's plan. And we really feel that the information that we have on the website can be useful, not just for city agencies, but community groups, businesses, people doing research, academic institutions. And so it's important for us to hear from the public on what, what ways that we can improve the content and maybe the user functionality, because at the end of the day, we want this to be a useful document. Um, Our public review period goes to February 1, but I will say that even though the 30-day review period ends in February, we're going to continue to solicit feedback because it's a living document and we want to continue to make it uh, more useful and programmatic for the public.
4: Right. And that's the beauty of having it on a website so we can always add to it. There's such a cultural resiliency that's happened in New York. Um, You know, take 9-11, but Sandy, we just see so much um, investment and and just a growing industry happening here. So this allows us to take what people would like to see and give us that feedback and keep adding and building on the
2: site. I think it's great because oftentimes people say that government isn't transparent with what it's doing and Mm -hmm. the types of plans we have. And having, like you said, a web-based Plan mm-hmm. allows people to actually see what the city has done or what the city is considering and talking about. And we were saying this before: mitigation is not an easy topic for people to understand, but people understand resiliency mm-hmm. and coming back to um, coming back to normal, but building better, stronger, mm-hmm. smarter. Right. Um, so this is actually very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our listeners, NYC Hazard Mitigation dot com is the website.
1: And I'm glad that you mentioned the website because I'm actually on it right now mm-hmm. and. Uh, It talks about, you know, New York City's hazard environment, and and you look at natural environment, you look at social environment, built environment, and even the future environment. So there's a lot of information on here. Mm -hmm. People wouldn't think about, you know, your social environment as something that needs to be mitigated or that could be a risk. So... This question is for both of you. What are some examples of how New York City is taking steps to become more resilient to these uh, emerging threats and hazards? And then what kind of resources can be found on the website?
3: There are a number of tools and resources on the website. Um, Omar, the aspect that you were referring to is um, what we call our New York City hazard environment. It's a story map that's uh, put out through ArcGIS and we look at elements in the city's built natural and social environment that may amplify the impacts of different hazards. And mm-hmm. through this tool you, can, you have access to interactive maps. You can zoom in. You can click on different aspects of the map to get more information. There's dashboards on demographic uh, variables that could be helpful for communities and even businesses. Um, Another tool that we have on the map is um, what's called the mitigation strategy. Mm -hmm. We have a list of nearly 900 projects that the city is currently doing or would like to do in the future to mitigate the impacts of hazards Um, around 800 of those are existing or completed actions and we have a interactive mitigation strategy map um, in which viewers can scroll around and click to see what city agencies are currently working on um, to mitigate the impacts of these hazards and some of these strategies are very building specific so uh, installing backup generators, elevating electrical equipment um, on a building scale. And some of these are also infrastructure related where we're talking about coastal protection and low-lying neighborhoods um, to, you know, reduce the risk in the long term. Uh, one of those programs is called the Interim Flood Protection Measures that mm-hmm. the New York City Emergency Management is engaging on now. Yeah. And so I'll pass it to Heather. Yeah.
4: To... So I could talk more about that. So that's a really, that's, yeah um, a very a close program to me, um, that's within the mitigation unit here at emergency management. And so, although we work with many, many partners. And so that, um, was a program that we launched back in 2016 Mm -hmm. with the mayor's office of recovery and resiliency to identify sites throughout the city that would benefit from temporary deployable flood protection. So it takes a really long time to do the permanent work. And while the city got a lot of money after Sandy, um, You know, construction just takes time. And so we said, what can we do today that can provide some sort of risk reduction, help reduce flooding impacts if we were to have a coastal storm between now and the time these large, big projects are going to be implemented? So the Interim Flood Protection Measures Program. Uses deployables, um, and we have 46 sites. It's mm-hmm. critical facilities such as firehouses, pump stations, um, wastewater treatment plants, and also uh, low lying neighborhoods such as the Red Hook neighborhood in Brooklyn. And so we have, um, we use different measures, um, ones I call the HESCO barrier, which is uh, kind of a, a big. Bag filled with earth um, that's uh, four feet tall. And then we also use deployable tiger dams, which are water filled tubes that go out right before a storm. So these measures are really quick to go out and allow us to reduce um, impacts of flooding um, should a coastal storm happen.
2: Yeah. So, and all of these measures are deployed just in time uh, to ensure that these, Mm -hmm. you know, these neighborhoods stay safe during a coastal storm or hurricane. Yeah.
4: Most of it. So we do something called, um, we try to put stuff out today, some of these measures out now. Mm -hmm. So we have to do when the storm's arriving, because you right. have a really short window to work in when a hurricane's coming. coming. Yeah. Sure. So um, we actually put a lot of these HESCO barriers, these four-foot-tall, um, earth-filled bags out, and um, so we do as much of the alignment as we can, so uh, protect as much of that building or that neighborhood uh, level, and then we leave gaps, and then when a storm is coming, a contractor will come and fill those gaps with another deployable um, called Tiger Dam, which is water-filled tubes. So Red Hook is kind of our, our shining star it's um, out and up for uh, visitation and viewing. Um, we actually did a, an international design competition, ah, um, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. which was a really fun part of it. So you know, these bags are um, maybe not the the easiest on the eyes. So we, um, we you know, being out in the community, wanted the community to feel like it was part of their environment. Mm-hmm. And so we did this design competition, and we had uh, dozens of entries. And then we printed the winning artist on banners and put those on the on the Husco bags. So now you have these These art, these banners of artwork, kind of lining the community. So, for those that know New York, go visit Red Hook. If you know where IKEA and Faraway is, it's right over there on Beard Street.
1: I'm sure a lot of people know where the IKEA is. That's
2: fantastic. Yeah, and it's you know beautifying, beautifying mm -hmm. something that somebody might look at and say, "Oh, this is kind of an eyesore." Just to make, yeah, and also the fact that you're planning ahead. We talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Winning it is not not an emergency plan, and we are taking steps as you know the city, to ensure that people are prepared for coastal storms and hurricanes through these hazard mitigation steps. So this Mm -hmm. is fantastic.
1: Resiliency and beautification. I like it. Oh, I love that. (laughs) A nice hybrid there. There you go.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So it makes us really excited. And that's, again, another project that's just one of hundreds that's on our website.
1: So besides the city, uh, what are ways that property owners can take steps to reduce their risk of being affected by hazards?
4: Uh, we came out with a reduce your risk guide um, through the Right New York program. Mm-hmm. So um, we have it's a great guide for anyone who um, is either in their community or owns or lives in um, you know a residential unit. We talk about measures you can take um, for different hazards. So you know there's simple things like check valves. Um, so for rain flooding, when we get big rain events, um, just remembering to put check valves in any of your sewer mains can help prevent backflow from happening, um, and adding downspouts just making sure that any water runoff actually goes into the street towards the sewers. Um, Also, for... Um, Bracing anything that could fall during an event. So people don't think about it, but earthquakes, um, and Melissa can talk a lot more about this, um, are a hazard we really think about. And so there's measures for earthquakes too that you can take.
3: Yeah, sure. Such as strapping down non-structural items like bookshelves, Mm -hmm. um, desks, those sorts of things. Um, You know, we work closely with the Department of Buildings on putting out this guide. And the one thing, one huge takeaway I think was maintenance is of utmost importance. Mm -hmm. Maintaining your building, Mm -hmm. checking your... Roof to make sure there's no rot, um, you know, because for snow events, as snow falls, it could add extra weight onto the roof, um, and you know, just really simple things that uh, you know are important for maintaining your building. And I will add that on our website we have a tab called Community, and you'll see these strategies. Many of the ones that are in reduce your risk are also included in this section. Uh, but to In addition to that, we also have community-specific mitigation strategies that um, community groups at the neighborhood level can take on, such as tree plantings, installing rain gardens. Uh, We also interviewed a number of community groups in New York City that are currently doing mitigation strategies at the neighborhood level. So we spotlight a number of community organizations doing solar panel installations, microgrids, Um, mesh networks, um, stewardship programs. So all of this information can be found on the hazard
2: mitigation plan website. Mm -hmm. And as a homeowner, I have to say that there are some steps that I've taken, thanks to the Reduce (laughs) Your Risk Guide, (laughs) that I didn't realize were considered hazard mitigation steps. I thought it was just a general maintenance piece. But the fact that this is something that Um, is emphasized in this guide also makes me feel like, oh, I must be doing something (laughs) right.
1: And I like that you bring that part up, Allison, because I think a lot of people don't realize that some of the stuff that we term, you know, mitigation, you're already doing it, listeners. You're doing it. You know, you're 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 out there making sure that your homes are better prepared. And that's part of this strategy of resiliency and mitigation. So it's not too difficult. You're already doing it. And the website gives you more information and more tips on how you can further what you've already begun to do.
2: All right. Well, we really appreciate Heather and Melissa, you guys taking the time to speak with us about hazard mitigation, all of the work the city is doing. Um, Right now, we're going to go into our rapid response Q&A.
0: It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response.
1: It is rapid response time, and if you're a first-time listener, it's very simple. Allison and I will ask Heather and Melissa a number of questions, and they will give the first answer that comes to mind. So let's get into it. I always love the rapid response. I know you do. <laughs> uh, Heather, we're going to start with you. First mm-hmm. question, what keeps you up at night?
4: Uh, I would say cyber attacks keep me up at night. Um, I consider that really kind of that emerging threat, emerging hazard mm-hmm. that's out there keeps evolving quickly and I think the, the thing that keeps me up about it is that it's not tangible, right? It's, it, but when it's here, it's here and so it's um, a little harder, the detection piece of it can be a challenge. Mm.
1: Very, very mm-hmm. good point there.
2: Um, okay, so Melissa, what do you think is the most important emergency preparedness tip? I would say the most important emergency
3: preparedness tip is uh, to make sure you have backup copies of m- important documents, mm-hmm. uh, social security card, uh, marriage certificates, um, any medication uh, prescriptions that you have, uh, really making sure you have that redundancy. Mm-hmm. I love How about
2: that. You
4: uh, I would say the same thing and I say this coming off the heels that there was a fire in my building mm-hmm. um, so my next door neighbor's apartment had a fire unfortunately I was here but um, in dealing with all the after with all my um, neighbors in the building everyone's like what would I have done and if, if my apartment had caught fire as well and it's the documents. I mean, they're so in your go bag, you should always have the sentimental things that are irreplaceable as well. Mm-hmm. But those documents is really like the first step if you have to really rebuild a lot of your life if you lose things in a fire. So um, for me personally, today that's it resonates a lot more.
0: hmm.
1: Yeah, and and Mm -hmm. it it really hits home when it happens to you. Mm -hmm. And we always tell people, you know, you want to be prepared. You you hope that nothing happens. But if something does happen, you want to make sure that you take these steps, Mm -hmm. as you say, to make sure that you are prepared. So uh, we're happy that everything worked out for you uh, and that you are also, you know, taking those steps to make sure that you're prepared in the event of an emergency.
2: All right. What's your favorite movie or TV show, Melissa? I have to say Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh,
3: I'm very excited for <laughs> uh-huh. the final season, April 14th.
1: She has it marked on her calendar, yeah.
3: right? We have a date. I have to get to a viewing party going. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Heather, what about you? Oh, Game of Thrones is a good one. Uh, i was going to say Black Mirror. I have really loved it. It's a very Twilight Zone-like show on Netflix. Netflix, I, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't seen the third season. I know it's out, so no spoiler alerts. Um, but I've heard about that I've heard it has some good things And, and a new uh, approach to it
1: This is not Yeah, this is not a spoiler alert But I'm hearing that you get to Choose your own experience uh, With the show
2: Yeah, choose your own ending Your, your own know. ending, yeah. wow Oh, okay. so it, it reminds me of The choose your own path to preparedness That Ready New York ah, has For its yes. tween guys Look yes. at
1: you Hit it, Bring it at home uh, I, I love have it have to <laughs> You know I have to That's
4: Shows that job. we were ahead of the curve, right?
1: There you I know. Go. <laughs> <That's> true <laughs> Um, Next question is a music question. Uh, What is currently on your playlist? Heather, I'll start with you.
4: Uh, My playlist has Fantagram, The XX, Portugal, The Man, Mm. uh, 30 Seconds to Mars,
1: I like yep. Portugal, the man. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Thanks for singing, Omar. Uh, wasn't a special going to. edition of
2: Prep Talk, Omar Sings. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Melissa, Prep what Talk, about karaoke. You? Yeah, right.
3: um, I would say uh, Major Lazer, J Balvin. Um, another artist I really like that put an album out this year is called Mitski. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really good, mm-hmm.
2: good stuff. All right, sum up the work you do in one word, Melissa. Gosh, that's a tough one. Mm. Um, I would say mitigate.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mitigate. (laughs) That's
4: fair. One word. Yeah, it's really, that's a hard one. Um, Give me an hour and I'd still not be able to sum it up. Um, Analytical, I'd say. Mm
1: -hmm. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of, A lot of good information that you guys have shared with us today. Now, for our listeners, just to remind them, any last words on how they can really not only use the website but take mitigation into their everyday practice?
4: I think a lot of it is just being aware. There's a lot of risk out there. And so just being more aware of what... Um, what hazards could affect you and if you have any anywhere specifically where you live, um, uh, just your environment around you and how that might make you more vulnerable to those impacts. hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well, making sure you know which hazards could affect you in your neighborhood. And I mean, I think mitigation, when we think about it as being this resiliency long-term strategy, it, a lot of it parallels over to sort of quality of life issues mm-hmm. as well. And I think one thing about mitigation that, that is interesting is different strategies can have co-benefits, that it's not just about reducing risk in the long term, but can also help improve uh, your environment. So like planting, like tree plantings, is Mm -hmm. good for reducing the risk of extreme heat events by vegetative cover, but at the same time it also increases the the livability of of your neighborhood.
1: Wonderful. Very well said. Mm -hmm. said.
2: For now, to our listeners, you can log on to nyc.gov forward slash hazard mitigation to learn more about hazard mitigation in New York City. Um, And don't forget to check out the 2019 New York City Hazard Mitigation Plan website. That URL is nychazardmitigation.com. And of course, be sure to follow New York City Emergency Management on social media Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT and at Notify NYC for emergency alerts and important city service updates. That's this episode of Prep Talk.
0: If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.